0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons play DC's The Anthem tomorrow, and oh, what a night it'll be. I spoke with Valli in 2017 about the group's biggest hits, from Big Girls Don't Cry to Walk Like a Man, as well as going solo on Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Mr. Valley, this is an absolute honor. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for calling. You've had so many hits over the years. Do you find that it's people of all ages feel like you probably have so many generations come out to see at these things?
1: Well, I, I I think that it's been terrific that, uh, that we have been able to bridge generations. And I'm sure that Jersey Boys has had an awful lot to do with it. Uh, people going in to see Jersey Boys and finding out that they didn't realize we had as many hits as... We did.
0: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it that, that that show definitely got a whole new, you know, multiple new generations into your music. Um, so, if we've seen that show, you know, we know your young adulthood very well, how you guys formed the band and everything. But take me back before that, like as a kid in Newark, New Jersey, how did you first get into music? And, you know, what did you grow up listening to?
1: Well, I, was, I guess I was a dreamer, <laughs> one of those kind of kids that, that used to imagine becoming successful. And I always liked to sing as a kid, and I did a lot of street corner singing. And it came from a, a relatively uh, poor environment. And dreams is uh, is the thing that that got a lot of us through in
0: those days. Yeah, for sure, for sure. How did you develop that signature falsetto? Is there a certain you know age where you where that clicked and you said, "Hey, this is my <laughs> this is my meal ticket? I don't
1: really know when I developed it, but uh, you know, I I I uh, because I, I had never really. Uh, taken any uh, professional lessons. I just thought everybody could do what I could do. Uh, you know, it's like talking.
0: I, I just, that's what I thought. You could just do it. You're just born with it. All these years later, I mean, you're about, what, you're about to turn like 83 almost. Does no,
1: 38. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, I had the numbers transposed. Right. Oh, that's great. But, I mean, d- doing the falsetto over all those years, I mean, it's got to put a strain on your voice. How do you still do it? You're superhuman.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know, you know. I guess if uh, you're know if, if you born, born with blue eyes or brown eyes or green eyes, they stay the same color right to the end. <laughs> y- you know, uh, you may lose a note or two one way or another, but uh, you make up for it in different ways.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's like the color of someone's eyes. You were just born to do it. And that's so great. Take our listeners. If let's say they haven't seen that show and are unaware, sort of 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 the beginning with the four lovers and everything. Explain um, to them how you met Tommy DeVito, Bob Gaudio, and and Nick Massey and formed the Four Lovers in those early days before you were the Four Seasons.
1: This is a very long explanation. <laughs> I mean, Uh I, I mean, we're 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 going back some fifty years or stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, we basically, uh, well, Tommy DeVito and I were basically from the same neighborhood. And, uh, he had, he, he was with a trio called the Variety Trio. And they'd work local clubs, and I'd go in the club, and they'd call me up to sing. Uh, and at one point, uh, he offered me a job with the trio. And we went on, and we became the four lovers and and... We had some regional success. We did the Ed Sullivan show three times. Uh, and then, somewhere along the way, we were out promoting a record. And Bob Godio was working with a, uh, the group that he was working with called the Royal Teens. They had a hit out called uh, Short Shorts at the time.
0: Who wears short and, shorts? Yeah,
1: And that was the first that, you know, when we did this television show together, was promoting. Are uh, each of us promoting our own record? Uh, that's when I met Bob, and 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 I found out that he was from New Jersey, and met him later, uh, and I, he he was writing songs and he played me some songs and I liked the songs he was writing and I uh, told Tommy DeVito that I, I I thought he'd be great in the group and and Tommy was against it so. <laughs> I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. (laughs) Uh, And and Bob did join the band. And then a few years uh, later, I had known Bob Crew, who ended up producing our records, Uh, for years before that, when I was doing some solo stuff, and and he produced some things with me. And then we met Bob Crew, and Bob Crew and Bob Gaudio got together. They were writing songs. We were making Records that Bob Crew was producing and uh, and backing up uh, various artists that he has. And then uh, came Sherry. <laughs> and the, and re- the rest, uh, I think everybody knows. <laughs> the rest is history. But that's the short version.
0: No, thank you. That was a pretty good abridged version. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it true, like in the show, when you guys changed from Four Lovers to Four Seasons, you saw the name Four Seasons on a sign? Yes, well,
1: actually, it, it, what it, what it was uh, is we, or, we we were not we were not having any success yet. We were just in the studio recording and all that, and we auditioned for a a, a club that was also a bowling alley, <laughs> and it was called uh, the Four Seasons. And we didn't get the job. And on the way out, I looked up at the sign. Well, I said, "What a great name for for a group!" And then I You know, it just went away, and then uh, finally we uh, we decided when we recorded Sherry uh, that we were going to change the name. To the
0: four seasons. I'm glad four. I mean, four seasons is right. catchy. It could have been another bowling out. It could have been like the ten, right. the duck pins or something. This much better. You mentioned Sherry. Take me into when you guys were recording that, and then you know, you you hear it for the first time on the radio, and that sucker just takes off. How did that change your life? Well, it wasn't life?
1: that easy. I mean, I heard uh, uh, we went in and recorded it. We felt we had something. Uh, uh, we finally did get it released. And it wasn't an instant hit. It took about, oh, I guess, six or eight weeks before we could get any major radio play. Wow. And once it did get it, it just just shot right through and became a number one record.
0: Is that one of your favorite ones to sing, even to this day?
1: They're all favorites. They're (laughs) like your children, you know?
0: (laughs) Speaking of children, big girls, don't cry, came up next. Sherry, you said, took a little while to catch fire. But once it did, you know, you guys were a known household name at that point. You start cranking them out now. So take me into how did you guys came up with uh, "Big Girls Don't Cry." Was that a was that a Gaudio song?
1: Yes, it was. I, I I can't take you into some of these things because I was not doing any of the writing. So crew and Gaudio Go were writing the three in a row uh, that we had that were, that were number ones were uh, "Sherry," "Big Girls Don't Cry," and, uh, and "Walk Like a Man." I was doing so because we, we liked them. I you know I, I had nothing to do with the writing.
0: Right. December 1963, oh, what a night. Do you remember the first time you sang that and when you, when you heard that explode?
1: Well, I remember the first time I sang it, but uh, I, I remember when we recorded it. It, it originally was about prohibition. And <laughs> really? When I read the lyric, I went to my father, Bob, and said, uh, this lyric, I said, nobody's going to understand it. <laughs> Kids are not going to understand about prohibition. And we almost uh took it off the uh off the list of songs that we were gonna do because uh there was some discussion uh, on on the lyrics. And and Bob went home that night and uh, rewrote the lyric and the lyric was uh Over the Night, December sixty three. And it was a hit. Yeah.
0: Back in Prohibition, it would have been late December, like in 23 or something. Right. (laughs) I'm glad you guys changed it. You have all these hits with the group, the four guys, um, but how big of a challenge was it to spin off solo then? Um, Because I know Can't Take My Eyes Off You, no one thought it would work with the brass band and all that, but you stuck to your guns and insisted to do it, And, and God, that's probably your signature song now, but explain like sort of the early challenges of doing that, and then finally when people were like, okay... This well,
1: there were really no challenges. It was something that we had always planned that, that we were going to do. I mean, okay. uh, there was no challenge. It was the kind of music that uh, that I originally was interested in doing. I was never... and, and the offset in the, uh, of the beginning of when I, we started recording, uh, I didn't really want to do pop music. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was more into jazz and... and songs like uh, My Eyes a Droid, You were more big band oriented and right and and uh Can't Take My Eyes Off You and swear to god so uh, you know there was nothing challenging It's just something that I wanted to do
0: it, that song has just taken on a life of its own like even in movies and stuff I know Heath Ledger sang it in a movie and the one I remember is De Niro and Christopher Walken and all them singing it in The Deer Hunter at the at the pool hall do you remember seeing that in the theater and say hey that's my song <laughs>
1: Oh no! We were really thrilled when that
0: happened. So you remember the scene I'm talking about? They're hitting the pool sticks. Yes, I... I do. <laughs> oh, it was great. But I wanted to pivot into movies because you, of course, did the the title theme for Greece, written by Barry Gibb.
1: Barry Gibb called me and. and... Told me he wrote a song he thought was right for me. It was going to be the title song to a movie. He sent it to my house. I listened to it. I loved it. We went and we re- and we recorded it. That was it. It just kept- and I'm sure if he knew that it was going to be as big a hit as it was, he probably would have kept it for uh, for the beaches.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would have put it in Saturday Night Fever instead. You got the other Travolta movie. <laughs> Did you ever catch up with uh, Travolta on that one? Did they ever thank you for making their movie huge?
1: No, but I've run into both of them at different occasions. And, uh, you know... Uh, and it's great. I just worked with Olivia about four or five months ago.
0: Well, speaking of musicals like Greece, obviously coming full circle back to, to Jersey Boys, you know, when you first saw John Lloyd Young, you know, portraying you on stage, the A that must have been totally bizarre. But but B, you know, you know, what did you think of the show itself? It's cementing not only your music was already famous, but now your life's famous. It cemented your legacy for for all time. Now,
1: I, I thought it was terrific. Except, you know, I thought it was strange. watching somebody play me you know it just it was a little bizarre and uh but i got used to it very quickly
0: did he ever you know research with you preparing for the role or or was when you saw it it was a complete surprise
1: uh i I was there when they auditioned john london so
0: oh gotcha so you, you helped influence that a little bit. That's awesome, right? No, but I mean, it is one of the biggest Broadway shows ever. Um, I've seen it several times, and it's—I love it. It's one of those that even if you don't like musicals, that you're gonna love it. It's—it's it's such a great, it's such a great show. And by the way, speaking of which, a lot of people that um, might not know that if they haven't seen the show, that you guys knew Joe Pesci way back when too. He was there back with the forming of the band. Explain that to our listeners.
1: Joe Pesci is another guy that lived in the same neighborhood. That's where we knew him from.
0: What was he like back then, before he became the one? He
1: was pretty much uh, the same. I mean, you know... uh... Becoming successful as an actor didn't really change him as a person.
0: Oh, I like when you hear that. Because so sometimes it does change people, so that's great. Um, Awesome. Well, bring it full circle then, you know. With, I'm sure you'll be singing all the songs we mentioned and even some of the ones we did. We're going to have
1: a lot of fun. I just hope everybody comes out, and I'm sure they'll have as much fun as we do.
0: Awesome. Thank you. You're so more than generous with your time. Thank you so much for joining okay. us. Frankie Valley. thanks again.
1: All righty. Bye-bye.